Tuesday morning, it is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, at com on the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. One of our favorites is with us live via telephone. He is the uh, co-founder and, of course, the leader of Nefesh Benefesh. They, have, they quite obviously are very, very busy this summer, like every summer. Rabbi Yehoshua Josh Fass is with us live via telephone from Israel. Rabbi Fass, Baruch Haba, welcome back to JM in the AM. Baruch thank you so much, Nachum. I greatly appreciate it. We'll talk about the busy summer and how we look forward to, uh, again, escorting and being part of uh, the big August flight, which is going to be amazing, no doubt. Uh, but first, Rabbi Fass, um, you are somebody who is... Uh, living in Israel and an observer of the Jewish scene, both there and around the world. I will say that uh, as, as, as difficult as this might sound to some people, because I don't want to minimize those who suffer and are victims of other attacks, when these terror attacks by the enemy take place on a Friday night in someone's home, it seems to pierce the collective Jewish heart around the world even more strongly than a quote-unquote, and I hate saying this, regular terror attack. Uh, what is it like there, m- much more so on the spot, when you hear the news of what happened on Lil Shabbat? Well, it, 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 it's beyond tragic, and it, it pierces one's heart and soul. And I, I, don't, I don't know why uh, a Shabbat setting is more tragic than another another uh, terrorist activity. Maybe it's the vulnerability. Maybe it's the serenity. Maybe it's just uh, being in one's home, thinking that you're protected, and having someone come in and, and literally slaughter a family. It, 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 um, it shakes you to the core. It really shakes you to the core. My niece was actually in a for for Shabbat and just um, traumatized from, from, that, from that Shabbat experience. And it just it it's it's traumatizing for all of Am Yisrael, not just for those yeah. who live in Israel, yeah. because it 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 brings back a lot of trauma and past trauma, uh, past terrorist activity, and even as 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 someone was mentioning, this is you know brings us back to you know to World War II of hiding out in attics and hiding away from persecution. This is not what it's all. This is not what. Uh, this redemption is supposed to be about, and and I think that the vulnerability, the the post-traumatic syndrome, the referencing to past tragedies, um, it it, uh, it shakes one. It, it uh, makes us feel vulnerable, and uh, on top of that, there's the mourning for the family. Yeah, and just and just taking in, trying to understand. As, the trajectory of this family, the trauma of the family. You know, you spend a, you spend a lot of time with Israeli government officials, and we know that the biggest responsibility of any government is to protect its people, obviously. Um, and today, in fact, you were in the Knesset, uh, and it's po- and it's possible that this episode came up at some point uh, as people you know discuss it days afterwards. Um, what's your impression of the way our leadership in Israel? Uh, takes these episodes. We, we'd have to assume, I'd have to assume, they take it obviously very, very seriously. Um, but you know, how, how do you sometimes see them react to these types of things that uh, unfortunately go on uh, in the state of Israel? 
it's uh that's a it's a good question. <laughs> I was I was in the Knesset today. There was uh, an intimate setting of of welcoming Ambassador David Freeman, the U.S. ambassador to Israel in the Knesset, and it was just really a small room. And they had a, a rotating visitation of of a bunch of Knesset members. There were around three dozen Knesset members that came in and out and listened to Ambassador Freeman, and also gave him blessings and brachot and success uh, wishes. And it was interesting. You can see on the faces of. Uh, of the ministers and and the Knesset members who hasn't slept for days <laughs> either either because of the back the back room um security meetings or what was happening in Jordan or just the emotional toll it's taken and I know some of them personally and and even speaking to them it just it's it takes a toll uh, on on one's soul and there are others who are much more pragmatic, and and this is unfortunately the the that the narrative of the Jewish people, and yeah. and and they take a more pragmatic uh, approach to what needs to be done, and move this to that, and that has to happen, and and, and it's uh, it's a necessity, I guess. I think if you're too emotionally uh, invested, maybe you can't make decisions clearly. But um, you would hope, and, and, and for a majority of them, you see it, you witness that there's a lot of emotional investment and toll that it takes. Yeah, because we sit from thousands of miles away and question decisions that the government makes and, you know, wonder why they cave in on certain things and, uh, you know, and, and don't follow the what we think, uh, you know, is the instinctive way of dealing with a situation when the enemy is rearing its ugly head. Listen, I'm I'm two inches away from the picture, and I don't understand certain decisions <laughs> that make. I, I I think there needs to be a collective um, uh, dosage of humility. Uh, the, what we see and what's reported is just a tip of the iceberg, and uh, the complexities of decisions uh, are, are are great. Um, so uh, as we just we can voice our anger and voice our disappointment and raise our hands in disbelief of certain actions, but there has to be peppered with a sense of a bit of humility that we don't know the whole picture. Yeah. And uh, I uh, and I'm not jealous of those who have to ha- look at all the variables and make these decisions when life and death is at stake. Everybody, Yeshua Fass, Nefesh Benefesh. Um, speaking of David Friedman. And I ask this only because even before he was ambassador, he was a pretty influential uh, member of Jewish leadership, etc. Has he ever been on a Nefesh Benefesh flight from New York to Tel Aviv? He has not been on a Nefesh Benefesh flight. We um, uh, we might uh, see him soon oh. at, at, an ev- at an event, but he has not yet uh, experienced a Nefesh flight. There's been interest, but uh, we have not yet actualized that. All right, that would be cool. That would be nice. It would be cool. Yeah. Nachum, yeah. you're on the August flight, right? I'm on the August flight. Looking, okay. Looking well, forward you to might, it. You might be able to enjoy him from up close. Now, but, I, I don't even know, you know to what degree you've been informed about this because— uh, you know, you have much more important things to deal with than the content of our show. Uh, but uh, a an executive decision has been made that that we are going to actually do our entire three-hour jam in the AM from that flight. We've experimented in the past and have done portions of the show from the flight. But uh, you're going to see a very wiped-out Nahum Siegel after a three-hour presentation on the upcoming Nefesh Benefesh charter flight. First of all, I heard rumors. Oh, you did hear. So rumors. I like you. I like you <laughs> confirming that. And second of all, I cannot imagine an Alchem Siegel who is wiped out. You have uh, endless, boundless amount of energy. 
So I, I don't think a three-hour live turbulence-filled um, uh, flight is going to. Uh, oh, and by to take the way, on and by the way, let's get this out of the way right now. If the ambassador is on the flight. None of this, the ambassador's resting can't be disturbed. You get him on the show, all right? Simple as that. He will not be on the plate, I can tell you right uh, now. That so you have three on. hours that you don't have to even think of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so that's out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, the big flight is coming up. It is amazing to uh, consider the the people. You know, I thought about this the other day as, as we're talking about the uh, terrorist attack Friday night. It is, it is amazing to me, and maybe it's just, you know, we can uh, explain it as human nature in some way. It is amazing to me how episodes like that encourage young people to go and fight for the Israel Defense Forces. And I would bet yeah. that if we would speak to, I don't know, any of the, uh, or most of the, what is it, 100 or close to 100 soldiers or more yeah. that are part yeah. of that flight in August, I would bet there was an episode, a specific incident uh, that has occurred that really put them over the top in terms of the desire to serve in the IDF. You've probably heard a lot of those stories over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it galvanizes this, uh, or is, it acts as an impetus for individuals to want to fight for the Jewish people, be not on the sidelines, uh, help, uh, you know, be in this incredibly blessed opportunity in history to have a, a Jewish land, a Jewish government, a Jewish army. And uh, they view it as very much a merit and a blessing to be part of it. And there's always uh, something in their sh- short history that sparked this interest or was the impetus for them to connect to this idea. And it's fascinating to hear story after story. I love reading the essays that these young Olim write for their interest in making Aliyah. And you'll see it on the plane. I mean, half the plane is uh, our lone soldiers. So just walking through just the first section economy is this all packed of of chaylim bodedim. So you just go row by row and you hear story after story, and it's just incredible. Also, the diversity of the soldiers from where they're coming from and their religious backgrounds and just guys and girls. It's just remarkable. It's really fascinating to listen. Well, that's one of the things we always point out, the uh, diversity when it comes to gender, geography, religious affiliation. And I wonder when you started Nefesh Benefesh, if you thought that it could get typecasted, if you thought at the beginning we got to be careful, we don't want to be known as a, you know, what you know, fill in the blank organization, and you have to keep you know everybody in the Jewish world in North America, you know, open to to making Aliyah with you. After all, you want it to be the you know the resource, the conduit for people to move to Israel. Did, were you, did you ever fear at the beginning that you know we got to be careful not to take a certain direction to stay open to everybody? It's an ongoing um, consciousness, an ongoing sensitivity. People in the beginning saw me as an Orthodox rabbi. There was always this uh, assumption that Orthodox Jews make Aliyah, no one else, and very much wanted to show that the entire spectrum of Jewry do make Aliyah, and that the entire spectrum of jury have an address within Nefesh. And uh, it took us a few years for people to feel sensitive enough to realize that, yes, we are open to everyone, and we, we are the conduit for, for everyone to move to Israel. And even though there's an Orthodox rabbi here and there's lots of individuals, the, the entire staff very much represents all Jews, and we understand the fears, wants, concerns, needs of every Jew. Um, and uh, we, programming, ongoing programming, both in the States and also in Israel, has to constantly be sensitive to that. To that. You can't just throw uh, 
a Friday, night, you know, a Shabbos Kiddush and a Shir right. for for young singles in Yushalayim and feel that you fulfilled your obligation of programming for that Shabbat. You have to realize there's a diversity of Jews that come to Israel, and they need different things, and they need to be integrated and find acclimate and find their communities, and 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 get the services that they need. And so it's it's a constant constant sensitivity on our behalf. Even the name of the organization, it must have been a uh, great debate. If it should be in Hebrew, may not appeal to everybody. It, 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 there was, unfortunately, there was no real thought put into it. <laughs> I mean, in in retrospect, I would have done a lot of things differently. No, the the nefesh benefesh came from my emotive experience of wanting to do something for my for my cousin who was Naftali Lanskron, who was killed in the beginning of the Second Intifada, and I wanted to to show that that we were going to fight terrorism with a sense of hope and optimism, and almost that I was omid benafsho that my nefesh will stand in his nefesh if that's even possible of passing on the baton to fight negativity and darkness and terrorism with a sense of rebirth and building and and moving forward. And that's where it came from. It was purely an emotive, spontaneous, uh, it was within days of, of the of the tragedy, uh, I, I filled out the papers for for the nonprofit status. In besides people not being able to pronounce it, besides for it being in Hebrew, <laughs> besides it having nothing to do with Aliyah, <laughs> um, uh, it's 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 been around for 15 years. So I guess now it has its staying power. Yes, but uh, somehow it worked. <laughs> it worked. It's like Coca-Cola. What does that mean? You know, it's you have a branding, and if you brand it enough and has multiple impressions, and it's supposed to equal something it equals something but in retrospect i would have uh... <laughs> that is interesting Rabbi fast is with us um all right uh you'll hear a lot about this everybody as we fly to israel with nevis benefish in just a couple of weeks and get ready for the big charter flight from jfk to tel aviv's ben Gurion airport uh it is a very very uplifting experience and uh, who knows you may find yourself on the nefesh benefish website after hearing us in the air on that historic flight. All of their flights are historic. Uh, information, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Not too early to uh, get your uh, applications in, no matter when you want to go, winter, summer, etc. And, of course, you can contact them at 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH. Rabbi Fast, before I let you go, there are too many people in this audience who care about you and would be shocked if I didn't address uh, a specific issue. Um uh, everybody out there wants to just make sure that rabbinic authorities in Israel are treating you the way you should be treated. Are you going? Are you getting along fine with everybody over there? Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, when I woke up Sunday morning after this, uh, the, when my Google alert posted a blacklist at my name, I, I knew something was off because I have a, a remarkable relationship with with, with the rabbinate, with the chief rabbi's office. I also have written scores of of proof of Judaisms, and I've actually affirmed other rabbis as well, and it's been an in-between just to clarify certain statuses of other rabbis for, for the, and other documents for the chief rabbinate. So I, I knew something was, was off. And uh, even though people were bombarding me for comment, I really just wanted to check with, with the chief rabbi's office before making any comment publicly. And literally within an hour, coming into the office, I called. I, I was able to talk to everyone there. Uh, tremendous, um, genuine apologies, and uh, wanted to rectify whatever situation was. They're still trying to get to the bottom of it. What did that list mean? Um, uh, what does it reflect? 
um, and who is this person and why your names were included on it. The best of my knowledge, it was just, and that's what the title of that page was, it was a list of documents from around the world that were questionable in 2016. Now, questionable does not mean rabbinic status. Questionable means that many times you write documents, and it's happened to me personally, sometimes the dates are incorrect, sometimes the names are incorrect, sometimes the stationery is off-centered, sometimes the signature or the stamp on the signature is off, and they ask you to redo it. So any list of any document from around the world, from multiple countries, that was questionable in 2016 was put on this list. I don't know how it was sold to the press as a blacklist or sensationalized as being uh, the chief rabbit looking into people's uh, um, rabbinic status, but uh, it got out of control. And uh, parties recognized that it got in control, and within hours... I received a written apology. I was uh, next day invited by Rav Lau himself, the chief rabbi of Israel, to his to his office to have a personal apology, and and uh, and I've been put in a in a uh, interesting position now of of because they are so apologetic in this interesting position of helping um, the rabbinate chart a new strategy of how documents are reviewed and. God forbid for the, any of this misunderstanding to ever happen again, and also to help other rabbis um, overseas in multiple countries um, uh, rectify the situation for them for themselves. So, so some good has um, come from this episode. A little lemonade, right. <laughs> uh, not to say that the f- first few, you know, day right. or two was uh, not uncomfortable, right. um, but uh, but thank God, uh, you know. Uh, some good came out of it, and hopefully good will continue to come from it. Well, we just want to make sure you're treated with the respect that you uh, so rightfully deserve. So Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. Uh, looking forward you. to seeing you soon, an easy fast. Uh, I, I Thank l- you. Let's hope we reunite in Jerusalem very soon, like the uh, like the plan uh, that we have to uh, escort the plane, Vezrat Hashem, or be on the plane uh, in, the, um, uh, in the upcoming we- August charter. Reunite is a great word to use during the nine days. We should all be united as an Amichad in Eretz Israel, and we should have uh, this should be our last Tisha B'Av if we even needed this Tisha B'Av in a few days from now, and just we should uh, continue to see Shalom and Gula in our lives. Amen. God bless you, Rabbi Fast. Be well. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Nachum. Rabbi Yoshua Fast, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, will be there. August flight, of course. Tune in. Make sure to be listening. You'll be you will be inspired. I can tell you that much. You will be inspired. And um, we are looking forward to really an amazing journey, as all of our Nefesh Benefesh journeys are absolutely amazing.